Stormward and Associates is a production of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com or join our community on Discord by finding an invite at nerdandtie.com slash discord. In pursuit of a stolen magical object, Stormwood and Associates Field Team 623 stepped into a tear between realities and vanished. They found themselves trapped in another plane, facing a reality that was not their own, and driven to avoid dark forces they don't understand. And so Team 623 finds themselves leaping from world to world, striving to put right what they find wrong, and hoping each time that their next jump will be the jump home. Stormwood and Associates stars Celeste Startwin as D, Gen Proc as Obi, Trey Dorn as Amy, and Becca Johnson as Liz Stormwood. Previously on Stormwood and Associates. So we got this team of people, right? This team of four weirdos. And and then those four weirdos started making a podcast where they played four other weirdos who were sent into alternate universes in a truck, which was based off of a truck that did not exist yet when we started. But now the real truck does really exist in the real world, which is why it's very important that we made up a fake company for the truck we do have. But uh, we got a bunch of people living in a truck for an indeterminate amount of time. And that's these people. But rather than being those people, we're going to be ourselves this week as we, we it is time for us to do a check-in. And uh, uh, Stormwood and Associates stuff. Hi, everyone. Behind the Associates. We, we, haven't, yeah. we haven't done like a behind-the-scenes episode, like a, like a fireside chat episode like we did. Like we've done a couple of these. We did one in the middle of campaign one at the, one at the end of campaign one. We haven't done one for campaign two yet. And we are <clears throat> like 76 episodes in about at the time. time of this release. <laughs> it's about uh, time for one. So, yeah. Um, so we're interrupting um space operetta for uh for a little bit of uh of uh some some talk back and uh yeah uh just introducing ourselves i am of course trey dorn uh joining me as always is uh becca johnson who i play Tra- i play amy uh joining us is becca johnson who plays liz stormwood hey uh also uh d is played by celeste startwin Thank you for playing. And of course, Obi played by Gen Proc. Yeah. And even though the show has had a consistent cast, half the cast changed their name during this campaign. <laughs> and I had to re record that opening twice. <laughs> Oops. It was it was the second time I had to re record it that was the frustrating part. I was like, I just did this. But uh, yeah, we are. So campaign two, 
is is very different from campaign one in a lot of respects and i think that one of the more interesting ones is that with the exception of the like the random time jump um that we had uh that uh in campaign one one of the the things about the show is that those characters all ostensibly had lives outside of the adventures right like yeah yeah like everyone went home you know it's Mm -hmm. you know you know kel went out you know it's bill went home and studied you know we didn't even know where raz lived until like the final arc like it was never clear like (laughs) the first time we see raz's apartment is when uh what's his face is uh the the cop is living in it or like yeah like we we 100 don't see a lot of like their home like we never see the home lives of 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 a lot of the characters in campaign one until they go on the run and then even then we don't spend a lot of time with it in campaign two uh it's very different because uh we there's no like there's time jumps between adventures in campaign one right like you know, it's it sometimes could be weeks or days. You don't know how long it's been since the prior adventure in campaign one. In campaign two, everything just goes to the next episode. Like it's the next moment. Yeah, our our characters are really probably should shower more, but our <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're and and when the heck do they end up pooping? That's what I want to know. Um. But yeah, they they, they we're, we're pretty much just staying with them the whole time, right? Like these characters do not have private lives outside of like the core group, and that is, I don't know, like how does how, how do you feel like that affects like the way we're playing some of this? I think it's a bit more difficult because like yeah in the previous campaign you didn't have to think about what our characters were doing in the downtime you could just say oh they went here and did that you didn't have to actually play it yeah. now when we say oh they went here and did that we have to play it you know so that the story makes sense and so it's it's a lot more thinking about like oh you know what is this character actually like doing in their downtime <laughs> and how do i play that it's it also sometimes means like looking for weird little quirks to figure out where I want my like to take like character progression. Yeah. Cause like we don't have like, there's not a good in story excuse for uh, why would D have a new skill set? Uh, like I can't easily do, I can't come up with that as easily as I could for Bill. Right. Where, oh, so, for so sure. like it was really, logical for me that i've been my own fixation on gun tricks and d trying to convince herself that she's cool (laughs) that like she would want to go with the cowgirl archetype yeah yeah. because i was able to kind of hint at that earlier in my playthroughs yeah i don't know how well i pulled that off but i tried (laughs) to well and there's like there's we're I think we've gotten a lot more of like the emotional interactions between the characters in this campaign though. Yeah. Like not, not being able to go home and decompress. Yeah. They all, they're they're all just stuck together all the time. It's uh, there's going to be some friction. 
Yeah. Well, it's, and yeah, sorry. Might I just interject real quick? Becca and Trey, you are so good at, at playing that <laughs> friction between characters. My goodness, mm-hmm. the tension sometimes <laughs> is just palpable. <gasps> I love I, I love the like the situation ship between uh, Amy and Liz because <laughs> that's a, that's something we've pointed out so good as a difference between the previous campaign previous campaign we didn't really have much for um, relationships between player characters right yeah like, like not intimate ones right like in campaign one we had um, you know Babbitt like dated the divorcee and was in theory playing around a lot and like. Um, like NK had her relationship with Michelle, but that was all like mostly off screen, mm-hmm. and and Lord knows what Kel was doing, um, before he became incorporeal. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and and obviously like um like Raz and Dolores was very fun, but was a pretty chaste situation through most of the you know appearances of the stuff. Mm-hmm. But all those were like mm-hmm. characters who went away. You know what I mean? Like it's right. Like they're character. Like with 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 Liz and Amy. Like they're in the truck. <laughs> like <laughs> they they go to the next place together. There was no like that was. I I I admittedly like so our characters like they were getting together and it felt very organic and made a lot of sense. But I also knew that this was going to be a disaster because um just like who amy is and who liz is like these are definitely two people who would get together and then have the worst relationship which is why like i was like it'd be really funny just to do the time skip and it's so okay so with that time skip so going back to that arc um i didn't expect liz to confess about brent like you, you went like Liz launched straight into that confession, and I had this whole plan of Amy secretly knowing, and not like of like trying to continue the relationship, and like and then then you completely foiled my plan, like completely <laughs> spoiled it <laughs> with with Liz's midwestern guilt overwhelming herself. <laughs> No, it was... Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It was fun. <laughs> well, Brent was so really like so. Even just the episode where you like introduced the concept of Brent, uh-huh. like into the story, was this amazing moment that like none of us expected. And yeah, it, it just kind of came at us. <laughs> oh, it was so awesome! Like you just drove us into a flashback, yeah. and it's. I will say every time Brent has a, a version of Brent has appeared has been my favorite thing, um, because I I I just enjoy yeah no that whole like oh I just remember like when you dropped the initial Brent bomb like way in the beginning I was just like oh my lord she actually thought about the, her character yeah. <laughs> I had a vague concept. <laughs> And I ran with it. I was like, "Wow, she's so good uh, at like creating was a, like instant depth." Brent uh, was a thing that I invented when it became clear that, that 
Liz and Amy might be turn might become a thing when I realized yeah. that. I was like, oh, this needs I I need to 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 do something to fuck this up. Cause <laughs> <laughs> drama. Oh, Amy was more than capable of fucking that up all on her own. Um <laughs> it's yeah, it's so that's but that's why it's like the interesting part for me was like the the getting together I thought was interesting and then also though the the fallout post breakup was interesting so I was just like why don't we just get to the good parts of this interaction <laughs> of like of just crashing and burning this whole thing because it's like um and I like the fact that like there's this weird power dynamic that then comes with though of like Amy remembers the relationship but Liz doesn't that like kind of of yeah, of like and then the complicated emotions that we end up having to play off of that. It was it was so it, I loved it because it's so organic in how all of those mm-hmm. interactions happened. Because like I don't know, like there there was a time where I think like you called me out, like you called Amy, Liz called Amy out on like uh, on something, and I don't remember what the exact situation was, but it was this thing where like Amy like was complaining, like was was trying to like explain something and didn't even think I I wasn't... whatever it was it was a complete microcosm of exactly what Liz has been going through. Yeah, I but, remember that. But I did not. I as Trey, I as the player, did not even think about that. <laughs> And I don't think Amy would have thought yeah. about that until Liz said it. And then it was that moment of stepping back of like, oh, oh, oh. And it was such a, oh, it was such a great moment to play. That, was, that made me so happy. Oh, good. Oh. Yeah, the, the, the interpersonal relationships in this campaign are inst- are like so much more like, dramatic and deeper than in the previous one for sure yeah hard to agree well and i think our characters have ended up like i think i love amy and d's like weird friendship it's extremely <laughs> uncomfortable in like a, the best way possible I know. it's it's this whole thing where like amy hates the fact that she likes hanging out with d <laughs> it's the best way to say it like and I, I've enjoyed every single time that like Amy and D have like effectively like gone drinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just it it's a very fun dynamic. Yeah, they have a D in general has been just such an interesting person to uh spend time with i guess um because she really is my my violent leftist id like honestly like at the end of the day (laughs) like i try to work a little bit of things that i'm insecure about into any of my characters because i think it makes them more right uh, believable so um there's a there was a lot of me in bill and there's uh a lot of the other end of me in D, honestly. D is significantly more awkward than you are. Because yeah. D is awkward in a way that she is confident and doesn't know she just made things incredibly awkward. Uh-huh. But I mean, it's a version of me that very much was that person previously. Yeah. And I, I think that's why I'm so comfortable playing her as such a freaking disaster, which she is. Yeah, no, she is. It's it's great. I love her. She she sucks so much. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like she's a freaking mess, but I, I just, I enjoy getting to inhabit her and hearing, you know, approaching situations with how would D, how is D reacting to this? What is her take on the world and her, uh, her slight disconnect from reality or ability to read the room? Um, it's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, these are like the three worst characters to be taking care of a child. <laughs> yeah. Or it's best, yeah. depending on how you look like, at it. Yeah, we've got these these deep, complex characters, and I was just like, what if I threw Encyclopedia Brown into the mix? Heck yeah! <laughs> I, honestly, your performance is okay. I just can't. I cannot. I cannot say enough how much I love Obi. Like in your performance as Obi, I. My entire goal with Obi is just to like get things going, get things started, talk to people, like initiate things. Because yeah. that's something I got frustrated yeah. with Raz. Yes, is, like she wouldn't always initiate. <laughs> well, Raz was so or, like, laconic. Like it's yeah, and then so like Raz was like just like Obi versus Raz is like night and day in personalities. <laughs> like and and. He he turned into just like this gremlin of chaos. Yeah, he's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think directly I was like, oh yeah, he's Encyclopedia Brown and Dennis the Menace, like smushed together. That's yes, Obi. exactly. That is. <laughs> um, oh. So yeah, I just try to. I don't know. He's very much like, I'm. I very much play him by the seat of my pants. I really do. Um, because because he's 10 i don't have to put that much depth into him yeah. he doesn't have much of a backstory he's 10 <laughs> he hasn't lived that long he hasn't had that many experience life experiences as the rest of you um he doesn't care about romantic relationships <laughs> with other people <laughs> he just wants to know if you're down to go play Fortnite. You yeah. know, um, <laughs> it, it's actually one of the reasons that I really enjoy um, why I enjoy like any of D and Obi's interactions is because because Obi is such a open book in that regard. And because D is in a state of arrested development because of a really bad uh, home life. Um, I, I like the way that that uh she interacts with Obi. I I, th I really find it endearing, uh, be partly because I enjoy bouncing bullshit off of you, the player again, and also oh, yeah. because I like that. I I like uh, having that backdoor of like the one positive family thing that D has is her sister, and she's trying to replicate that. Probably not doing it very well, but <laughs> but like. It helps that, like, you and I, Celeste, have this kind of relationship in real life. This this is what we do together. Whenever we it's, get together, we're always just, like, bantering and bullshitting back and forth with each other and watching it's, terrible films. Uh -huh. <laughs> this is what we do. Um, so I think adding our relationship into their relationship is interesting. Yeah, there's a lot less Guy Ritchie. I didn't realize with, I was doing yeah, that, but uh, cool. With D and Obi, but yeah, it's... <laughs> And yeah, I don't know. It. I mean, I don't know. It, it's like with Amy. <laughs> with, with Amy, I was like, 
Amy was a character who had to be like I I used I needed Amy as my bridging character to get the Stone of Trancura over and to set up the whole thing. And so I was left with this the entire concept of Amy um So the funniest thing is that the concept of Amy is she was originally created to be a love interest for Bill in campaign 1. And uh then it was revealed by Celeste that Bill was asexual. And suddenly that became a uh, a story route that was not worth pursuing, right? But I really want to say that I was trying to give a sexual rep, which I absolutely was, but I also just wasn't comfortable playing those kind of storylines. So I, <laughs> that was, and, so I torpedoed well, it. It's, it was meant to it always, makes sense yeah. with Bill. Oh, it makes perfect sense with Bill. And to be fair, the the entire relationship, the entire plan I had was that Bill would be awkward and have no idea what to do with a love interest and that nothing would end up happening. But um, so, but that meant like her original concept was this like kind of generic, cool character. And then I had to figure out how to fuck that up um, because, you know, that's boring, you know, like, ah, well, we yes. definitely, we definitely learned that she had some trauma. Oh, well, I, yeah, I gave her trauma. I gave yeah, her trauma sure. and I gave her that dating history and I, it's, uh, and it's, well, it's, it, it went from being like, it's, she went, the idea went like, she carries herself like she's someone who's confident and knows what's going on a lot of the time. And I've decided it's because she thinks she's someone who's confident and knows what's going on all the time. But really, she only knows what's going on about 60% of the time. Mm. But thinks she knows what's going on 100% of the time. <laughs> so, and... You know, it's also like introducing disaster elements like the steak knife game, um, because I was like, what would if you gave undergrads magical powers and permission to use them? Yeah, that is what exactly what they would do. Dumb stuff would they come up with? And I was like, the steak knife game, the freaking steak knife game, because it can't yeah. be something that would kill you. Right. Like because, you know. They they aren't learning how to revive the dead, but it it, it so it's got to be a non lethal wound most of the, if you catch it immediately, you know. And so yeah, the steak knife game was, and that was completely the first time we did that. It was completely off the top of my head, like it was not planned. I just made it. There are so many times with like uh, Amy stuff where like I have um, a rough outline of certain things. Like I don't have all of these filled in. I have the number of X's she has and the timeline for when each one happened, but only about half the names are filled in because every time she just goes off on a story, I start writing down whatever I just said. Um, <laughs> just so I, I can be consistent. That. Like it's cause right. like she like in that, um in that episode, like in that episode in that hotel, like she starts spouting off like magical theory stuff. That I was one hundred percent improving, but that meant like I'm I'm building canon here for the the magical systems, and so I I just I have notes. Well, and I mean, with you GMing most of campaign one, learning pretty early on to keep those kind of notes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll screw you over later. There, there have been times where I named something and then you guys remembered it and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. and yeah. So we've talked a little bit about 
um, each of our characters. And I think it'd be very interesting to move on to um, the various arcs, um, story arcs in this particular campaign, the ones that well, we've all, was, all the different ones that, that we've GM'd. I was actually going to, uh, right before we do that, I want to do that, yeah. is... Uh, in the first time we did a talkback episode, the middle of campaign one, we were talk we talked about the big twist. There was a big oh, yeah. twist in campaign two that you guys have gone through, and that is the uh, Fiona and the Quick Smoke Tavern. Yes. And I want to know what your guys' thoughts about that reveal and about that setup. About yeah, that that it's just been one Fiona the whole time. There's a sadistic part of me that was a little that was disappointed from the reveal, if only because I thought it would be really funny if uh, if if Becca was just kind of slowly going crazy and there was nothing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was like nothing actually afoot. It was just oh, I, a happy yeah, accident. Yeah. And not just Fiona gaslighting her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly was relieved um, <laughs> because the fact that it's the same Fiona throughout all the different um, times is like, oh, we have a friend mm-hmm. nearly anywhere we go who understands us and can help us. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't have to go through the entire rigmarole of like convincing them that we're from another universe using pancakes. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. the number. Oh, the number of times that you, you guys have just like gone straight out and explained that you're from another reality. <laughs> and just like, like, we do not care completely just told the truth to strangers. Yup. We'll trust anybody. It's just, I think- insane we were most we were mostly trying not to and then the, we got to the one universe and we were just that was every every single uh time we had to talk to someone uh, <laughs> i don't know d was pretty much ready to let the cat out of the bag like you, right from you the exist get-go. in a reality where magical disguises are a thing right and that yeah, there and- is magic that could exist so like like i, I love especially the d clear skies you could have just claimed that d was someone other than D. Yeah, we could with a magic spell on her. Disguised her. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> oh, that's I. Yeah, that that's just remarkable. But that's that's not how we do things. We have to do things in the most like chaotically chaotic way possible, and and obtuse, and that's why. I don't know about the rest of you, but when I've GM'd, <laughs> you guys usually skew off somewhere else than where I was planning. Oh, you guys always <laughs> skew off somewhere else than where I was planning. <laughs> you guys, hard, I, 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 sometimes I've railroaded you guys, but not often. It's, I, I've stopped planning where you're going. <laughs> there's a thing happening it's there let's see where they go and then that's when i bother coming up with whatever's in the place they're headed because inevitably if i come up with like a a, a a trail for you guys you never take it <laughs> nope 
would we? I my favorite thing is that actually like sometimes I just assume I so when we did the uh God, what is the name of that arc? The the arc in DeKalb. Um <laughs> with the time jump. Uh mm-hmm. you guys like I knew that canonically there were so many tools to find Amy. And I was like, if I don't mention any of them, they're gonna find a whole other ass way to find her. <laughs> that doesn't use any of the easy ways. Yeah, that was I think it was just magicless. Yeah, magicless is the name of that arc. Because of that six month. That was Yeah. That was a Alright, so yeah, let's talk about people's favorite arcs. Where what what are people's favorite arcs? Oh. Again. Favorite arcs. Do they have to be our own? Can no. we make it harder? They can oh. they can be they can be your own, they can be someone else's. Yeah. Huh. We've had fewer arcs this this campaign because we've had longer arcs. Okay, I'll Okay, favorite that I've run was probably Regency campaign. Um, <laughs> that was good. That was a lot of fun, yeah. Um, favorite that I've been in I I got to say um the medieval town with the dragon, the dragon one. I like that or, one. Or oh my gosh. Like... Dragon spite. <laughs> Like the the sudden uh like uh artillery uh arc that went on in there. Uh that that one also has the bonus of having one of the by far funniest behind the scenes moments, which was the D blowing up um uh D blowing up in the like on the car ride out of there and like we're reco- we did the ending of that uh, storyline well before the meat grinder and like Becca yeah, so we, and I we, are... we did it all at the same table yeah yeah we're all at the same table Becca and I are in character screaming at each other and like some of the uh, the the additional like uh, Krista and Scott uh, are who were the additional players of the meat grinder who were just sitting by looked deeply concerned and <laughs> yeah, did not catch on that we were in character. Yeah, because they like, have no... Like, like, they've just played with us doing the meat grinder and, like, maybe yeah. listen to campaign uh-huh. one. So they weren't ready for, like, the... Like, they had seen us play the campaign intensity. one at a, at the prior at a prior meat grinder, so, like, they had never seen, um, yeah, the, the full-blown, like, the intensity of campaign two. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're character... Oh, that was... Yeah. That moment was, it was so just so intense. Like I'm, yeah, I'm just screaming at, at D, and then and then suddenly like my eyes, like refocused and there's Celeste and we just like laugh, yeah. smile and laugh because because wow, yeah yeah, in the immortal words of Sir Ian McKellen, acting. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, oh God, no, it's, I, I love, like, mm, those moments are some of my favorite stuff. It's, I liked, I think actually, I think the Regency one is probably one of my, is probably my favorite arc as a player so far this, like, I like so much of this season, but um, I think out of the, like, 
out of the ones I ran, the Dragon Spite, like the one with the dragon, was probably the more fun to to run one. Um, it's just because like it was like so many times, like you know, you get to like the the. Like you get to like like the magicless one gets really dark at certain points. Like it's a lot of like the the blackened skies is you know plot heavy, and even though it's not like necessarily emotionally all that dark, like the world is pretty dark, and we're dealing with like more like we're dealing with stakes. Like that's the that D dies in briefly uh-huh. in that arc. Um, <clears throat> But 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 for out of the ones I've run, Dragon's Fight was like the most like lighthearted, like fun one to do. And I think again it does help that we got to finish off the the final session of that campaign in person. Um Oh absolutely. And I oh god, my favorite thing in Dragon's Fight is D at the university. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was perfect. It was and it was, was like it, it was compl- I had a loose idea about what this magical university was like, and I was just like, "How can I put like D has to be screwed effectively, but I don't want to like put her in like dire physical danger, right? So like, what can I do?" And I was just like, "Use use the use the magical university and, and yeah, just go full." Of all the characters to get stuck in the magical university. Like yeah, the, he would the be worst like, person. He's the worst person. Yeah. It's like because Obi's really interested in some of the magic stuff. Liz is studying wards. Amy is literally probably more qualified to teach than the guy who rescued D. Uh like from from you know the, the the professor that we meet. D, literally, no magical least magical elf you've ever met. <laughs> And does not give a <laughs> shit about it either. Yeah. <laughs> Just does doesn't want to know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's nothing to do with it. But yeah, like, uh, what was it? Was it math that I had them learning? And it was like yeah. basic addition. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was. It, I was like, what? What would a the, the the dumbest magical university look like that you've ever thought of. This is it. This is <laughs> move over, Ankh Morpork, Unseen University. Oh my uh, yeah. gosh! I, I yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it was just it was fun and light to run, but the the I was gonna say the Regency one. I think Hearts and Counterparts is what I ended up naming that arc on the. I name all the arcs on the website because <laughs> I have because I do the edit and I do the production. So um, even if I banged an NPC for probably the first time in a campaign ever, <laughs> I um, so this I made everyone uncomfortable not, with it. <laughs> not not to toot my own horn too much. I cannot tell you how amused i am that not only that uh i got to force you guys to play out my weird he-man she-ra thing <laughs> i was gonna mention that, I that one no that was good that was good that like was really nostalgia good. trip yeah yeah that one was just everything about like the joy i cannot express to you the joy that i felt introducing melby into the storyline and how intense his introduction is 
Like, the idea of having, like, this borderline horror movie scene to introduce Orko, I just had to go with. <laughs> that whole... I, I love, like, adore, like creatures that are in theory adorable, but are also just monstrous Melby. and terrifying. Yeah, Melby, um, Axel from Campaign 1, um, Furbies, just as a concept. I find them all equally terrifying, so I wanted to share that it's with the world. The, the amazing thing about Nostalgia Trip is that you went full like anti Elon Musk before Elon Musk got a chance to go full mask off. Yep. Yeah, I've I've hated Elon Musk for a very long time. Like that was the I didn't know how well like yeah, then you know, then then Twitter got freaking ruined forever. Like I just I just hated him because, you know, before the the Twitter thing, it like Along before a lot of people were on the let's hate Elon Musk train, I'm just in the corner being like, this this motherfucker's stupid. He like he's a union busting sack of shit. Uh, his trans daughter doesn't want to talk to him. It's probably because he's a piece of fuck. Why are we all pretending the dumbest man possible is so smart? Like that. That's what I think what drove me the most nuts is that yeah. we have done. We have, like, I've, I don't want to sound like some fucked up eugenicist or something. Like, I'm not being fucking, um. I mean, he's a fucked uh, up eugenicist, so. He's a fucked up eugenicist, exactly. Like, I don't want to sound like, like, idiocracy or some dumb shit like that. It's just, it feels like in the last couple of years, people just keep putting the dumbest motherfuckers on a pedestal. And I've just never liked Elon Musk. I've always thought he came off as a as a poser dumbass. Yeah. And it's <sighs> And it was very satisfying to put his head on a pike. It I was. Did. It was I did. <laughs> <laughs> I put his head on a stick. And that's that that is that is the arc that like really kind of like stepped up the stuff between Amy and Liz too. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> also um Okay, I am going to toot my own horn on this one. I really was proud of naming uh, uh, the She-Ra XB Princess Approachabella. Like, I just thought that was such a I was dumb name. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't know why. I just, I was really proud of Approachabella. All of these attractive, un- barely clothed people, and none of them seem to have any sexual chemistry with anyone <laughs> except for princess approachabella and the villain yeah the, yeah, the southern sorceress southern sorceress yeah there i was actually going to lean there were uh actually a lot of the uh i i ended up thinking it would take up too much time the uh the other generals were going to be other uh, right-wing dipshits. Like, the Teal Guard was going to be my riff on Peter Teal, for example. That was a... Is it like Lauren Southern was sure? Yeah. Okay. yeah that, was, that was Southern. Okay. Yeah. I had to think about that for a minute, because... <laughs> it was, I just was like, I got a... I was angry. I, I was angry, and I was uh, watching bad toy cartoons, and that's really where this all came from. <laughs> 
Woof. So, so Becca, what's your favorite arc? Um, uh, my my favorite was was uh, Hearts and Counterparts. It, it's it's yeah. it's amazing. It's perfect. Well, and, and I that makes total sense because you're the one who came up with the idea initially. I not not really. <laughs> well, I, you said something. I said like... on Discord that like that yeah um that uh, Pride and Prejudice is Liz's favorite book or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. about Regency, and I'm just like hot dog. Well, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the the scene where uh, Liz and Amy were drinking. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as they're trying to figure out how to become friends again. <laughs> Like, uh, I just like Amy getting pissed at other Amy for being like the worst fucking bodyguard. <laughs> just like getting mad at her. Like, it was, oh God, no, it's. Hey, I didn't say your counterparts were going to be good no, versions. No, it was great. <laughs> it was great. I loved, I loved Liz. I love like all of Liz's stuff of like getting like stuck in this situation of like in her counterparts thing. Um, I actually genuinely involve like I genuinely loved like Liz calling out the nonsense that are that like Amy and Dee had like gotten on board with like this heist plan, <laughs> and then like. <laughs> Liz going, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Man, and I I was ready for the heist, y'all. Ah, uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the players know this because I, yeah. I bitched and moaned about it after we got done playing. But, like, I, I have a table. I have a treasure table for I'm the so heist. I'm sorry. I ruined your heist. For them to loot. <laughs> ah. And, like, I set up, like, okay, here's what you roll. Here are the 25-pound, you know... Or $25, quote-unquote, um, art objects. Here are the $250. Like, you could really get away. Or here's the $750. Here's the $2,500. Like, like, I was like, yeah, you get away with uh, a full set of armor. <laughs> I, 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 the, I really enjoyed... Like, that whole thing, like, doing fish-out-of-water stuff with D was a whole lot of fun. But oh. what was even more fun was awkwardly, like, trying to calm people down as, like, gory violence was taking place at their wedding. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... I I enjoyed picking up uh, What's-His-Face and dropping him from a great height. Luke. I was like... I can fly, and there are now fall damage rules. <laughs> I had so many, like, crazy notes. I was going to have Regency D ask RD for a dance and see how that went. Um, have Regency Brent ask R Liz for a dance. That would have been awkward. I assumed we were doing more. They did dance once, yeah. right? They did dance. Yeah, I thought they point. did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Hi, my name is Gannon. I have a shit memory. Um, <laughs> like that happened like like right after we got there. Yeah. Okay. Because we were suddenly swept into the whole thing. Um, like so many things happened that I forget. Like you, I forgot you guys met Royce in like yeah. the second arc. <laughs> 
<clears throat> yeah, we just can't be rid of Royce for whatever reason. He's okay. Well, I mean, also like that was a. Uh, so that entire Clear Skies arc was literally um, minor behind the scenes for people is that I had to come up with that arc really fast because um, some prep wasn't done and for like other stuff. And I had this like half formed arc and I was just like, rather than try to make someone else run something that wasn't quite you know ready yet i was just like i'll run something that isn't ready yet (laughs) very confidently um and i like so i just i had the idea that the truck got stolen is what it started is and actually uh so the fun fact is the d clear skies being a weather woman in that universe uh was a roll of the dice of what ridiculous thing can i have d be and then while the truck got stolen, I started coming up with a what the heck would have had to have happened for D to have become a famous meteorologist. And then it was a, oh, she's clearly done something. She's cheating. <laughs> she's, D's, D's found a, a way around it. And so, like, I I stream of conscience, but the, because I was stream of conscience, I was like, I need an NPC for something. Uh, campaign one. <laughs> yep. And so, almost every NPC from campaign one showed up, including Royce. And Royce is, eh, well, he's just such a great bland villain. Well, I, it also helps that like we established that like. The same characters can show up yeah. again and again and again, like even ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, well, it's, I wanted to use, you know, it's Royce right away was because, you know, you were in a universe where, um, yeah, with the, the Amy's counterpart, yeah, was this much more important person in that universe and uh, was key in defeating Hollowell, like... It's what's interesting is because um, <clears throat> the the circumstances of campaign one involve NK and NK, as we've established in the, the first arc of campaign two, is not from the our, from the universe. Like she's a she's a traveler from between worlds who just doesn't have any memory of who she is. And so um, that means that every other universe you find where they successfully defeated Hollowell cannot be exactly like the one you left. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm. it has to, And so every time we go somewhere that I want it to be a lot like your home universe, that means I have to come up with, how did they defeat Hollowell? <laughs> like, like how, how, well, how did things go differently in this one? Like... Um, like in Magicless, you guys like called Liz keeps calling Stormwood and Associates. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to blow up in her face. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for uh, Stormwood to be like, um, this is a problem. We need to deal with this. <laughs> but uh, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> well, it's because she keeps calling them and not like the cops. <laughs> you know, it's. Because Stormwood is a private agency. <laughs> yeah. 
It's, I mean, like, in Magicus, I was just like, well, this storm doesn't exist in this universe, so, you know, like, because Ethan Stormwood doesn't exist in this universe. So, figure it out. And then you guys called Kel. That was fun. Which I was not expecting, and so I had to have <laughs> Celeste play Bill. Uh-huh. <laughs> to be fair, actually, I was originally preparing to play Bill, and then Celeste started piping in as Bill. Yeah, I. Uh, this and you is how I roll. You don't give up on that opportunity. No, you don't. <laughs> and we got to play the husband's version of Kel and Bill. Uh, Which I actually, one. I, I actually kind of ha- like because I've been shipping Kel and Bill for a while, ever since uh, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> they they have a shared love of musicals. It's um, true. It's they, true. They have a really interesting dynamic, and now that Kel is non-corporeal, and therefore no longer has a sex drive that he can do anything about, at least, it makes perfect sense. They, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're the great. I, I think it's a great romance. Um, I just love how like this particular team we try to come up with solutions that we think are perfectly logical <laughs> like really like obi's like yeah duh here let me talk to him <laughs> like <laughs> i'm a child people will believe me it's worked before <laughs> well the problem is now 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 obi has bullshit so obi can actually convince people of stuff as an ability yes <laughs> So. And I'm here for it. <laughs> I don't know. It's I'm just like, is D ever going to find love? Is D capable of finding love? I technically gave D a love interest for a story, but then made her forget it. Uh-huh. Because I didn't, well, I didn't know what your comfort level was with it. So I was just like, eh, it's, it's fine so weird. Like, remember. I know D has had a... A way, I'll say D has had a way more interesting uh, sexual history than me. I know that much, right. but like, eh. that was my way around it because I was like, I was like, you've pretty much established in character that like D has a sexual history, would be, you know, could get involved with people. And like, so it wasn't like with Bill, you know what I mean? So I was like, there's a time right. jump. I can get that into her, I can add that to her texture and not make Celeste have to role play it if she doesn't want to. Because this person is suddenly a stranger to her. Yup. Yeah, this season is much more about interpersonal relationships. I know. And and a lot less about, there's a big evil we gotta defeat. There is a big evil, but technically you don't have to defeat it. Like, that's the yeah. interesting thing. Is like, there is this looming threat to, mul- to the multiverse, right? Like... There is, like, this whole, like, there is the Dark Lord who is taking over other realities. Um, But you're in a weird position where, like, he tried to take over yours. He literally tried and failed. That's how you ended up in this whole mess. Yeah. And so it's, like, honestly, it's, like, there's the genuine question of, like... Do our heroes at some point try to deal with this situation or are they just going to try to get home? You know, 
Mm-hmm. And I think at some point, like they haven't gotten to the point where they're going to have to make a choice about that. But at some point, they may have to make a choice about that. But the interesting thing is, like this group, as we've seen so far, is not like it's a bit morally corrupt. Liz just doesn't want to help anybody. <laughs> That's not exactly true. Liz has that, Liz that, has that, reasons for doing everything she she does. Yeah, and her main reason is, is that she's a white suburbanite who doesn't want to get involved. Actually, she's not a she's like upper class. Like the funny thing is, is that like I have the society that Liz grew up in. I actually have family members who like not close family members, but like cousins out far enough into that kind of world. None who will give me money. People, please contribute to my Patreon. I am poor. <laughs> Dear cousins who have money, please contribute to my Patreon. <laughs> they don't listen to Perhaps with your your help, you could give me money. <laughs> and, yeah, anyways. Uh, but, like, it's... I don't know, like, the world that Liz like existed in is like you know we're thinking like lake forest stuff you know like it's just wild like it it makes perfect sense that liz is the kind of person who doesn't want to get involved at least from amy's point of view (laughs) like it's the problem is that i don't know what's going on in like in liz's head in those moments right like i don't know why you're playing but i know exactly how it looks to amy who Mm -hmm. amy is privileged middle class who doesn't think she's privileged um because again she she's 100 percent convinced she knows what the what's going on all the time and is she's prepared for it and she you know somehow understands the experiences of everybody else uh because that's what she's like um because it's fun to play a character that unaware of her own flaws uh and and blind spots uh, like it's just just like oh the 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 rich girl doesn't want to get involved <laughs> like <laughs> like just thinks the status quo will take care of everything <laughs> like go, literally calls the family business every time something might be going wrong <laughs> like it's i mean that's so that's that's what she's seeing and so like it's um Oh, it's I it as a player, it's great when I'm playing and Liz does that shit, right? Like it's when when Liz is like, oh, maybe we shouldn't we should just let that happen. Let's go over here. Like when when Liz does that stuff, like as a player, I, I it's really fun to be playing Amy in those situations. When I'm GMing, it drives me nuts because <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to get you guys to do the adventure. I guess we could just run a session of you guys sitting in the quick smoke doing nothing while Fiona glares at you. Like, we could do that, I guess. <laughs> like, but I mean, that's why, like, that's why I've made Obi. Like, oh, yeah, no, it's Obi. Excitable. Let's do the thing. Let's go. Like yeah, oh, we don't know a thing. Hey, a random person, I'm gonna talk to you. Because <laughs> he doesn't see like any other like he doesn't see anything wrong with like trying like getting information. Yeah, and just like assuming that like hey, everyone's gonna be friendly towards me. 
Yeah, because he's the optimistic innocence of a child. Uh. I don't know. I love. I. I. I genuinely cannot get enough of Obi. Like it's just like every. Like I can't get enough of your performances, Obi. It's so great. Like and it's just such night and day compared to like Raz in, in like yeah. I I just also want to like comment on like your your progress as like a role player and like coming through it like because yeah like and like you hadn't really run a lot of stuff before Storm. What had you right, Gun? I I had not run anything. I know, and like kind of, <laughs> I've like, never run a D and D game. Um, I've been in a few D and D games in high school. Yeah, but that was pretty much my role playing experience. It's like I didn't have a lot, and and now I have a monthly D and D game yeah. with my friends, and I think doing Stormwood helped me with my D and D character and like playing yeah. him, and playing him as because both my characters right now are little chaos gremlins (laughs) (laughs) but like also like seeing your progress as a gm from like your first adventure you 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 did back in campaign one through like yes i was so nervous but like through like your like the regency arc is like pretty much most of our like our favorite arc from this campaign yeah like yeah no and and for that one i i finally learned to not write um like to to loosen up basically yeah. just loosen the story up and like learn to like improv and to play off of what you guys are doing yeah mm. and to just like oh they want to go here okay let's like pull crap out of my brain and like invent things on the fly yeah well and i think and, and it took me a bit to like get to that that realization like oh i'm not writing a story yeah (laughs) like i'm not writing a book for them to like plod through because they don't know what i'm thinking they don't know what i have written down right well it's i think that like i i completely lost my thought there (laughs) it's they'll come back But no, and and I don't know. It's just one of these things where, like, if you practice it, you get better at it. Yeah. And and it's it's being a player, being a GM. The more times you do it, the better you get at it. The more comfortable you get doing it, and therefore you give a better performance. Well, and I think that campaign two, campaign two is really interesting compared to campaign one because you know most most actual play shows just have a singular GM. And we we rotate, and um, I I kind of I describe it as I'm the meta GM where I'm 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 running the central arc, but we all end up jamming storylines. And I think that the the big difference between campaign one and campaign two is that with campaign one, um, you like campaign one had some freedoms that like because we're doing a procedural, you don't have to like justify why the characters are going to do anything. Right, the call to action is easy. You know, it's mm. here's the job. Let's go do the job. But campaign. And so like that gives a little bit of freedom of like not having to like figure a way to guide your guide the players into taking the thing. Right. That we sometimes have to deal with now in campaign two. But because campaign two is this multiverse story. Right. Like when you do have to improv stuff, 
like when you when you improv things like when we were we when people when we would improv stuff in campaign one um there's a very specific instance where uh we had uh britney guest gm'd and she started like changing stuff about the world that i had to then incorporate into it right like mm-hmm. i had to suddenly revise world building because you know mm-hmm. as a gm she made declarations about things as true and i had to i had to change and modify those um in campaign two um that's not a concern because every world is its own world right like if you improv something about the city that we're in or the world that we're in any of that stuff you don't have to worry about being um consistent with the meta narrative you don't have to worry about being consistent with this shared world that we were all working in you can just have it happen right like there's so much more freedom in that where you can like you can choose to copy the pre-existing universes that we have. So like you ha- you can use the guidelines that we've already set up for like the most common stuff in realities. But if you want to just make up some shit and or if you need something for your story that contradicts the 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 world building we've had in other universes, it all works. Right? Mhm. Like we we can just do shit. And I want to add in um a little point um that maybe has attributed to my um, change in, in play style is like, I'm not the main character anymore. Yeah. You're not the Stormwood. <laughs> like um, being Raz could be a little difficult at times because like this, the main story was like relying on her. Mm. And so I felt like, Oh, I have to like play her a certain way and like, have her make these certain decisions to help, you yeah. know, do the, the main plot. Um, but Obi's a free agent and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I was so pleased when Becca stepped up and said that she'd be the Stormwood. We were almost, we were almost going to make, we, no matter what, we weren't going to make you be the Stormwood again. We were, we, we did joke about forcing Celeste to be the Stormwood before, <laughs> uh, before Becca was like, no, nah, I want to be the Stormwood. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe and, in campaign three, I'll be the Stormwood. Well, and, and I love the, I love to compare Liz and Raz as the, the main Stormwoods. Oh God, they're so different. <laughs> like. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a dichotomy. Well, yeah. It's because Raz was like Raz is the the daughter of like the the old like the like the line of Stormwoods, like the oldest the oldest child of the oldest child of the oldest child of the like all the way back to um you know, to the beginning versus like Liz is just like one of the branches. And has like Raz had the pressure of you need to be in charge and you need to be a leader, where where Liz's involvement is is a little different in the company. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if you want to talk about that, Becca. Um. Yeah. I just like uh, when I when I created Liz, I knew that I needed to make her different from Raz and different from Amy. Oh yeah. Yeah, because Raz, because she was the other Stormwood, and Amy, because she was the other character I knew was coming in. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, 
uh, decided to make her, you know, like that. Not not a cool person. <laughs> a sometimes nervous, uptight, blonde with glasses. Well, I guess yeah. Bill didn't wear glasses, but wearing a pantsuit. She's completely. She wears a skirt type. usually. I know, but it, okay, skirt <laughs> skirt suit, but still. Wearing a suit. <laughs> wearing Just, Keds. I know. I love the Keds. I love the Keds. They're such a great touch. <laughs> it's such an image. Yeah. Oh. So you were planning on Amy get it being into her immediately, right? That was the... <laughs> no, I was... I, that was... I mean, okay. Going into this, I was... I was like, okay. I'm not going to start anything but i'm hoping <laughs> that I, that liz gets to kiss one of these girls <laughs> <laughs> well because amy's crush on bill was amy kissed bill in campaign yeah. one yeah. honestly amy kissed bill at the roll of the dice like her her becoming a love interest was, was clearly a roll of the dice and in campaign one i was like amy when leaving is going to kiss either babbitt or bill depending on how this dice rolls and i i rolled it it was bill and i was like oh this is funny or like that this that this random like very attractive young woman is super into bill it was just the funniest thing in the world to me during campaign one um, but now i'm thinking about what would have happened if she kissed babbitt and how wild that combination would have been she 100 percent would be more than willing to make out with babbitt she did make out with babbitt which just turned out to be a murderer babbitt yeah i oops this is i have never role played a character who has uh been this forward before <laughs> And I think it's yeah, important because she never gets to How many different people has Amy kissed in this campaign? Okay, so Liz, uh, the 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 Babbitt. I don't remember if it was more than one Babbitt, but it was at least one Babbitt. Uh, obviously, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, the um, highwayman. The highwayman. Yeah, well, I, was, I have yep. his name written down somewhere, so I was going to go pull it up, but I'm not going to bother. Uh, nah. The highwayman. Um, and then I think that's it. I think that's just those three. Um, she 100% was going to try to flirt with that pirate, but that, uh, like the, it, we scared, we scared her off. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, that's just what she's like. I don't know. <laughs> And you know what? It's like it's if you look at the amount of time that has passed in the story and like the but like it's actually like not that weird. You know what I no. mean? It's no. just mm. it's we never have like escapes. Like, you know what I mean? It's like Kel was Kel was a far more promiscuous promiscuous character back in campaign one, but he did all of it off screen. Like his personality, like all of like was very much part of him, but like you only saw him at the office. You never saw him at home. Like you never see Kel's home. I guess until Kel's just in a gem. And then I guess you see Kel's home. 
versus that's so it's such a a weird thing like it's it's such a different vibe i like that it's a different vibe i i I, like it's it's so much more personal well it's funny because it's so much more personal but no one no npc is permanent right like there's no mikhail and like i guess there's fiona um but i guess like the whole thing where amy knows that fiona's a god she's maybe a little yeah she's not into her like it's just like i don't have an ex like that's literally like the only consistent npc versus like the other campaigns where like we had the you know the woman who killed her husband who ran the used furniture store or mikhail Emrys <laughs> or like the entire arc team yeah yeah um we had the the yeah there's no barrel i mean i guess barrel mckay there was a barrel mckay but there was a barrel mckay but not in the way that like there's no there's no sexy car thieves you know yeah like again we yes they did cameo but like a that version of the sexy car thieves will never be seen again even if another version of the sexy car thieves shows up Like, so you can't have, like, a Dolores Arcturus, like, relationship. Like, Raz's, you know, Raz's relationship with Dolores was something that we could build over multiple arcs because it was then it was a recurring NPC, but, like, you don't get that, you know? So it's it's all, like, the, the relationships between these four people and each other, you know, and then, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's, like, Liz doesn't strike me as the kind of person to have a like a one night stand you know what i mean right and i don't think d is d's very attractive but d's not charismatic enough to pull it off half the time with the kinds of people that we keep meeting that's fair (laughs) Uh, that's fair also again i think there's a like i i I get the impression that you as a player don't really want to explore that route not really no. no it's a yeah Eventually, we, I want to learn what D's last name is. We'll get around to it. <laughs> Players, re- listeners, listeners, none of us know what D's last name is. We know Obadiah's full name. We know Liz's name. We know Amy's full name. We do. We, all we have is D. If you want to know why we don't list the last names of characters on the on on the website, we just list first names. It's because I didn't know what to put down for D's last name. Yep. Did we learn what the D stands for? No. I don't. Yeah. Technically, sort of. Or because D was able to, to ask, what like, you, yeah, like. That's a like dead with, name, and that doesn't yeah, the count. Dead yeah, those yeah. don't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. We know it's not Deidre because uh, she had that crossed out when, uh, because Fiona assumed D was short for that. And gave her that name tag. At the, if you want to know why, like when when D was working at the Quick Smoke, it in DeKalb, and she didn't know, like, and she like her name tag was like the name Deidre with like everything crossed out, but the D was because canonically Fiona assumed that D was short for Deidre. <laughs> That's it. That's so. So we we know it's not that. God, yeah, it's 
Have to bring back. I assume that Liz probably knows Dee's name. Dee, Liz has legal to. Reasons. Liz yeah. has to know. Liz knows <laughs> yeah. Dee's was, full legal name. It's in the paperwork <laughs> that's in the back of the truck, in the pocket yeah, behind but, the passenger seat. Yeah, the... but don't you love it when like your character knows something but you don't? <laughs> oh, I get so frustrated by that sometimes. Yeah, I do it a lot in my D and D game. I'm just like, eh. I live for it. Oh, so, what are you guys? Okay, are there? Is there any kind of universe that you guys are hoping to visit? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I have ideas for future like the things campaigns that, want, things that i that you, might run things but... that you aren't planning to run yourself that's the thing so um if we ever do anything with the sexy car thieves again unlike all the other times i have actually seen uh most of the fast and or furious <laughs> movies oh ho ho so i i actually will understand the jokes now so that's yeah <laughs> I mean, mostly I like to just think of, like, what, where have we not been that would be fun? Yeah. And and that ended up in the underwater thing, which was probably not a good idea to have it be so close to an IP, but that's okay. We lived. It, I, look, uh, it, it it's shockingly bio is legally distinct. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> from any property owned by any major video game publisher Uh, yeah that was not my best work yeah it was was still still Uh, hey look we got to we got to uh reveal some trauma (laughs) yeah that was the main the main nugget we got from that arc was amy trauma amy trauma Ugh. I don't know, maybe uh, a noir universe. That where, would be where fun. The, where the universe is literally black and white. That would be very fun. Obi would have a heck of a time being an investigator. And a thief. Like <laughs> We're all level five, so we're all going to re-archetype soon. Ooh. I'm I'm just uh where like uh, I guess what I look forward to in the future is uh like uh randomly discovering a new podcast making it my whole personality for a month and then hoping no one notices my fixation on that podcast before I use it as inspiration for my next story I run <laughs> <laughs> like cuz that's definitely not what I what I have done previous to now I mean, I'm surprised you haven't come up with, like, an Arthurian pseudo-world. I, you know, that, that, that isn't fate. That, that isn't fate. There's, <laughs> I actually avoided a lot of the fate Arth- Arthurian stuff, because that's where it gets pretty weird, honestly. That was campaign one. Yeah, that was yeah. campaign one. <laughs> What do we call that one? I'm trying to remember. Like, I I remember I named the the notes for it "Destined Stay Back," but I don't remember what we named the arc. I think I called an episode that. Let me. 
Here, let me uh, pull up the Stormwood page and scroll down through the arc names. Because, yeah, we have, like, great, like, Morris by Night and Dope Magic and Challenge of the Robots, which is a GoBots reference. Everyone appreciate my GoBots reference. I, I The Sangreal is what we called that. Sangreal, yeah. Yes. Um, I did call an episode Hate Slay Fight. Okay. That was what we good. called the finale for that one. And Destined Stay Back was the second episode of that Excellent. arc. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that yeah. arc had a no-tell motel as the first one, then Destined Stay Back, Squish Starburst, Gathering Storm, Murder Hotel, then Hate Slay Fight was the finale for it. We'll see if I... Uh, there's probably some some bit of weird mythological nonsense that I can draw from, you know, maybe I'll... Yeah, because like I, I I have some ideas, but I I don't I can't don't reveal anything you want to yeah, do. Don't, don't do them on the on don't, the, yeah, on no, the call, don't reveal the anything you're planning later. on running. It's, I'm about to say yeah, yeah. obviously. Just, start, okay, talk to me about it later. Like, I have ideas for places we have not been. Okay, remember that that uh, Lord of the Rings turned out the way it was partly because Tolkien had friends who were mythology buddies who read each other's stories. I just want to point out, I had had uh, a plan. I had a, I had had a plan where the truck was going to drive out on a spaceship, and then um, Becca went and did that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It, I had it a... was going to be very different, but the opening of like the the truck drives out on a spaceship is was 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 there. But you know, yeah. I, I will say I love the thing of the the current arc is that like just our characters trying to just like ask questions using pop culture references that make no sense to the people they're asking them to. Like yeah, is, fun. is this a trek or a wars? Oh, so it's like <laughs> a early expanse. Like <laughs> Oh, that was Oh, that was great. All right, so we've been doing this for about hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> we should wrap things up. Uh does anyone have anything else they want to say to our listeners before we uh close this thing out? Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, the, we appreciate the heck out of you. That's so sweet of you. Thank you, I can't ever, believe yeah, that. everyone <laughs> who's gotten so invested in our stories. And uh, thank, thank you, everyone listening on the Discord. Uh, everyone who's on the Discord. If you're not part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network Discord, go to nerdandtie.com/discord to join the Discord. Because it's Discord. I can say Discord a lot more times in this sentence. Discord, 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 Discord. Um, and I guess uh, we're supposed to, we sh- in theory, we should always end episodes on a hook. So uh, oh. everybody roll initiative. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> oh, okay. What did you get, Celeste? Um, I rolled a three. <laughs> okay, so you're based, you, you're fodder. We're all fodder. So uh, you, you're at a six. Okay. What do you get? Uh, what do you get, Ken? Ten. If I was Obi, y'all be messed up. What do you get, Becca? He is so fast. I got a six. All right. Uh, 
then Becca will go in front of Celeste because Becca's name is alphabetically earlier. Um, all right. Uh, so again, all right. You're up first. Uh, actually, no, you're not. Uh, because uh, the bad guy got an initiative of eleven. Heck. Who is just called bad guy, and you all take. They're uh, casting um, a spell that's not in the manual. Heck, the biscuits. And you all take uh, 13 damage. You're all fodder. Sorry, you're all gone. No oh, man. All right. Dang it. That's the end of the episode, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> One round of combat. We're done. Stormwood and Associates is a production of Nerd and Tie. You can find more information at nerdandtie.com slash stormwood. You can also find us on social media at Nerd and Tie on Twitter, nerdandtie.tumblr.com, and facebook.com slash nerdandtie. This podcast can be subscribed to on anywhere that major podcasts are found, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and uh, quite a few other places, and anywhere that takes an RSS feed as well. Hey, while you're still here, let me tell you about another podcast on the Nerd and Tie Network, and that's Let's Be Legendary. Let's Be Legendary, the Fey Wild West, is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play game. So, an actual play game like this one, but like, you know, in a system people actually use in the real world. Set in a homebrew Wild West steampunk world. Uh, the Fate Wild West follows two people discovering what it means to be in a relationship, all the while seeking revenge and learning the truth of their pasts. Let's Be Legendary podcast is an LGBTQ plus podcast with both main and minor characters, as well as players falling under the queer blanket. A heavy RP game with a focus on story and characters. And you can hear it every week here on the Nerd and Tie Network. And you can find all of their subscription information and links at nerdandtie.com slash legendary.